Hi, I'm Carrie Compton. Today I'm speaking with Samantha Wallravens, class of 1990 and co-author of Geek Girl Rising, Inside the Sisterhood Shaking Up Tech. Wallravens is an expert on work-life balance and writes for Forbes, The Huffington Post, and Disney Interactive. She's the editor of the 2011 anthology, Torn, True Stories of Kids' Career in the Conflict of Modern Motherhood. Samantha, welcome. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So let's start with painting a picture for our listeners here about what the climate is like toward women trying to work in Silicon Valley, especially in tech. Sure. So the, the way I like to put it, Carrie, is if you're a woman, let's say you're just out of college and you're arriving in Silicon Valley, maybe you're starting your first job, and you open up the newspaper or your web browser and read some of the headlines about women in Silicon Valley, you get back on the train or you run for the hills and go back to where you came from. Yeah. So the picture painted in the media about women in tech and especially women in Silicon Valley is pretty ugly. You know, every quarter or so there's a new story about a woman who's been harassed or experienced some form of sexism, often subtle, but sometimes over. Mm-hmm. Um, so recently there was Susan Fowler, who's an engineer at Uber, who wrote about her just tremendously horrible year working as an engineer and being propositioned by her boss over and over again and then being shut down by human resources when she reported it. So those stories are very much in the, in the mainstream and these stories are important. I'm not discounting it. Women need to tell their stories and companies need to, re- companies need to respond. Um, but the problem is that these stories are keeping women out of technology. So the other side of the story that people don't tell is the story that we tell in Geek Girl Rising, which is about the women in Silicon Valley and in tech hubs across the country, women who are starting companies, they're investing in other women-led companies, they're building these networks of support that we call the sisterhood or the girls club Mm -hmm. to help each other succeed and to really stake their claim in this digital revolution that's happening today. And these are the stories we want to tell because these stories are often overlooked and replaced by the more salacious, you know, juicy stories of sexism and harassment. Yeah, absolutely. That's a that's very much something that gets highlighted a lot in in my field of vision. Anyway, I, I I come across those stories a lot, and so your book does definitely tell a story that's not being told. I'm I'm curious, what led you and your co-author Heather Cabot to write this book? Sure. Yeah. You know, I call myself a first-generation Silicon Valley girl. <sighs> so I started working in Silicon Valley in 1995, oh, which wow. dates me. Wow. Um, yeah, but I, I was a reporter for PC World Magazine in San Francisco, and I was covering the rise of the dot-com companies like Netscape and Yahoo and eBay, the very, very beginnings of the Internet when consumers were just, just having access to, you know, to search the web. Um, so I worked, reported for PC World, then I got the Internet bug, and I went to work for a startup in Redwood City called Tumbleweed Software, which went public in 1999 right before the dot-com bust. So we all saw our fortunes rise on paper and then disappear into nothing within a matter of months. So wow. it, was a really cra- it was a really crazy time, and many of my closest friends today are from those days working in the Valley. So the inspiration for the book, though, came a couple of years back. It was, 19, it was 2013. I was having a conversation with a friend who's been in Silicon Valley for 20 years now. She's one of the dot-com survivors. 
And at the time, she was heading up a sales division at a startup in Silicon Valley. She just had her performance review. Her sales team had hit their numbers out of the ballpark, but her manager, she told me, was more interested in sharing with her comments from her team and from her colleagues that she was too aggressive, her, her manner was too abrasive, and he asked her if she could tone it down a little bit because little bit, she was scaring people around her. Hmm. And then he also proceeded, he also proceeded to tell her that she, um, they had complaints about her makeup. She, was, she wore, she's a beautiful woman. She wore, you know, makeup and, and jewelry. And he asked if she could tone down her, you know, what, what her, her outfits a little bit as well. Wow. So, yeah. So she was horrified. Needless to say, she didn't stick around long at that company. But that conversation spurred me to explore this issue. She wanted me to write about her story. And I said, before I write about your story, I like to just research and talk to other women and see what's, what's going on. And this is really before, you know, the Newsweek article about sexism in Silicon Valley and before the Ellen Powell trial and before this, 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 this issue was part of the mainstream media. This is before that. So I started reaching out to women in the Valley and also in New York and Silicon Alley and, and around the country to hear their stories. And I saw a pattern emerge. And what I saw was that while, yes, many of these women had experienced some form of sexism at work, whether it was overt or unconscious bias, you know, death, death by a thousand cuts, mm. they wanted to talk about their companies that they were building. They were entrepreneurs who were building, you know, artificial intelligence companies. They were investors who were investing in women who were building robotics companies. They were developing these new next generation technologies. And they're like, yeah, we've experienced this. Most women have, but let me tell you about the company I'm building. So they wanted to share how they have overcome these obstacles, not dwell on the negatives, right? So I teamed up with Heather. Soon after I started interviewing these women, I reached out to Heather and she said, hey, I'm kind of working on this topic myself. I've been interviewing women in Silicon, she's in New York, in Silicon Alley, in the, in the entrepreneurial space, and we ended up partnering, and here we are four years later, Geek Girl Rising is finally coming out. Wow, fantastic. So tell the listeners a little bit about like a slice of what you found out from some of these women. So one of the founders we interviewed, Tara Reed, started a company called Apps Without Code. And she told us, she said the dirty truth about being an entrepreneur, especially an, a tech entrepreneur, is that it can be really lonely. Hmm. So what we found is that finding a community, finding your tribe as a founder is so critical to, to be successful in this world. So the good news is that over the past few years, a number of groups have, have popped up around Silicon Valley and beyond to help women and support them in their entrepreneurial and technology journeys. So we saw, just to give you a couple of examples, we saw this sisterhood in action in spaces like, in accelerator programs like um, Women's Startup Lab, which is in Menlo Park. I spent a week down there with uh, eight female founders, and they spent two weeks, I was there for a week away, they spent two weeks getting trained on how to develop their pitches, on actually developing their products. They were connected with mentors and advisors and investors, and the two weeks ended up with a pitch fest, where they would pitch their companies to actual investors in Silicon Valley. Mm. So this this kind of support system is is so crucial to to actually following through as an entrepreneur. Uh, And we also saw the sisterhood like on college campuses, for example. Stanford has a program, She++, 
which is Women in Engineering, and they have a gala every year, and these women are just incredibly excited and, and, and smart and, you know, there to help each other to, to feel not so alone in what they're doing because the fact of the matter is there are fewer women in tech than men, and it's hard to succeed when you feel like you don't have support. Did you that get was the... one of the big takeaways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you get the impression that these women are, are, are they vocal about having a different experience or are they, are they focused on something else? Are, are they very optimistic? No, they, they, yeah, they're really optimistic. And the, yeah, the C++ women at Stanford, what they, what their program is interesting because what they do is they partner with high school girls across the country and they work with remotely, they work with these high school girls to start programs in the girls' local communities. So just to give you an example, I have two daughters who are 9 and 13. There's a high school senior at Cam High School in Mill Valley, which is you know five minutes down the road from us, and she started an after-school robotics program in my hometown, of all things, in Tiburon, California. So my girls go after school, and they, they build robotics with other girls, and they love it because it's all girls, and they feel like they can they can experiment, they can play. The robots don't work, they don't mind, they don't feel like they're failing, or you know it's okay. So, but this this high school girl is partnered with the Stanford students to start this program. So there's so much energy in uh, not just creating communities, but to you know pay it forward and to try to inspire the next generation of girls to try out technology because you know it's really fun. Right. So, uh, as a woman, hearing all of these stories, um, what kind of effect did writing this book have on you? What was this, what was really resonated for you? Yeah, you know, one thing that, that really stuck with me as I interviewed all of these different women is that one thing that's really holding women back in the tech world is the fear of failure and of making mistakes and always trying to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the fact of the matter is, is that computer science and engineering is not an easy field. Being an entrepreneur and starting a company is not easy. And you're going to experience setbacks. You're going to experience failures. In school, you're not always going to get an A in that computer science class. And the women who are really smart sometimes shy away from coding or because they don't want to fail. Hmm. So there's a great story in the book about a woman, Donna Sarker, who is she's currently a software engineer at Microsoft. And she talks about experiencing failure, and not just the fear of failure, but she actually failed her first computer science class in college. Hmm. And wow. she was at the University of Michigan, and she said she was too afraid and too embarrassed to raise her hand in class because she was one of the only women in the class, and it was all guys, and they were all know-it-alls, and they, she, they, she said many of them had taken AP computer science in high school, and she had never taken a coding class, mm-hmm. and she was embarrassed raise her hand so she ended up failing in the class and she said you know it's kind of like like riding a bike you know when I started when I learned to ride a bike as a kid I fell off and I skimmed my knees and I cried and I said I'd never get back on that bike again but I got back on and guess what now I can ride a bike she said she got back and she took the class over again and got a B plus and she ended up majoring in computer science and then is now working at Microsoft as an engineering lead so you know the message that we have in our books for women is that don't give up on your goals if it doesn't work the first time. You know, it's like saying, I ran a race, I wanted to win first place, and I came in second, so I, so I quit running. You know, a lot of people don't go for things because they're, they're, they're afraid they're not going to succeed. Um, and so what I'm trying to teach my two daughters is, you know, take the risk, be bold, 
it's okay to make mistakes and that, that's how you learn and that's how you, you get ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Are, are there any other overarching themes that you expect that or you hope that readers will take away from your book? Oh, there's so many. Um, <laughs> you know, the other big theme, the other big thing is, theme is, as I said earlier, is to find your tribe. Just don't do it alone, whether you're working as an engineer at a tech company or you're starting your own business or you're you know, trying to take some coding classes in college. Find other women in similar situations and and if the group doesn't exist already, create your own group. So there's so many groups and companies. We're speaking at Google next week, and there's a women at group for women engineers. I mean, there's just there's no shortage of organizations and networks to to bring women together. Um, so you don't have to feel alone. Find your support or create that support. And the other the other message is really not to compare yourself to others. And another really great story in the book is um, about Tracy Chow, who's a former engineer at Pinterest. And she talks about um, her experience in college feeling like the odd woman out in a, in a computer science class. And she's, you know, again, surrounded by guys who are bragging about how quickly they finished their project, programming projects. And then one semester, her professor asked her to be a TA for the class. And she said to the professor, are you sure you want me? she got to be in the class. And she, she, she didn't feel like she was worthy or smart enough. she got to be in the class. He said, yeah, no, I want you. And she said, well, are you sure it's not another chow? Because, you know, there are a lot of Asians. I mean, her words, there are a lot of Asians in the class. Maybe it's another woman that you're, you're thinking about. Right. Said, no, I want you. Right. And she became a, te- a teaching assistant. And she said she was able to read all the coding and the programming that the guys who were so bragging about their, you know, their great code, she said she read over their code and it was terrible. Like her code was much more efficient, much less sloppy. And she realized that she had been suffering from this lack of confidence, this imposter syndrome, that she wasn't smart enough. And she was totally 100% cut out for the job. And, and she went on you know, to have a very successful career in Silicon Valley. So don't compare yourself. Do your thing. Yeah, very universal message. It almost applies to everything, not just technology. True, yeah. So what's next for you? What's next for the book? So we're traveling the country speaking. It's interesting you say it's not just technology. We were asked to speak at at Visa in June because a lot of the themes in the book touch on sort of universal themes on, you know, building confidence, stepping outside of your comfort zone, right. you know, juggling work, juggling work and family, all these themes that apply to many different industries. Um, but for me, you know, one of the best parts about writing Geek Girl Rising was getting to meet and interview so many incredible women, founders, and investors and innovators who are truly, truly building the future of technology. Uh, we have a column on Forbes, so I'll continue to write about these women on Forbes and also the Huffington Post, um, and just spread, spread the message and encourage women and girls to you know, join this revolution. Uh, after that, I'm, I'm not quite sure, but I'm noodling around the idea. I also have two teenage boys, so I have three teenagers in my house now, and I'm noodling around the idea of writing a parent's guide to surviving the teenage years. Oh, um, boy. So. We might have to have another podcast on that topic. <laughs> Oh, boy. I can only imagine. Yeah. Well, that sounds fantastic. I wanted to give you the opportunity to talk about anything we didn't already discuss. Was there anything else you'd like to say? Yeah, 
resources on our website. I hate to be promotional. Oh, that's but okay. It, yeah. It is, it is, it is really a, um, our mission is really to, is to inspire women to join the tech revolution. And we have resources on our website. So if you are thinking, if you have a daughter who's interested in technology, or maybe not even interested in technology, you can go to our website and find out some of the resources for, you know, tech toys that it will inspire your girls in science and technology and engineering. Um, there's also resources for professional women if you're feeling like you you need a meetup. You know, you need to meet some people who are um, in your in your area and you're just feeling kind of alone. Um, don't, you don't have you don't have to be alone. That's kind of my my main takeaway is find your find your posse, find your tribe. Uh, you don't need to feel alone. That's great. Wonderful message. Thank you so much for spending some time with us today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it was super fun. Thank you for having me.